0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 22nd day of Podmas, where we are putting out an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. Today we have Netflix's 290th film from 2020. It's the comedy drama, The 40 Year Old Version. It's directed by Arata Blank and stars herself, Arata Blank, Peter Kim. Oswin Benjamin and Reed Burney. I'm Jesse, I'm your host, thanks for joining me today. This is not the 40-year-old virgin, this is the 40-year-old version, which obviously plays on that um, title of that Steve Carell comedy. If uh, you haven't seen this film and you're keen on checking it out, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because we will spoil this as we go throughout this episode because we kick off the show with the fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a woman who is nearing the age of 40 and she's struggling with artistic expression and looks outside the theater world she knows to find herself. Ooh, I like it, I like it. Um. This is, this is a good one, I'm excited to talk about this film. Not gonna give away too many early thoughts early on, but let's uh, let's break this down and work out how did this end up on Netflix? What's the story behind this film? So this is loosely based on Blank's own personal life. She originally planned this to be a web series that would have culminated in a mixtape. Uh, the death of her mother, unfortunately, two weeks before she was due to start filming derailed the project. And when she got around to resurrecting it, she'd come to the conclusion that it would work better as a feature film. So we head to August of 2019 where it was announced that um, Rada Blank had the cast with Peter Kim and Osmond Benjamin with her directing from a screenplay that she wrote herself and the title, as I mentioned before, is a bit of a play on the 2005 comedy The 40-Year-Old Virgin. This was shot in 21 days. Really good cinematography in this film. The cinematographer Eric Branco he explained that he actually showed up to the interview for um, getting the, the role of this for this film with a bag full of street photography books. So Bruce Davidson, Matt Weber, Saul Leader, Gordon Perks, Henry Carter Bresson. Um, and, and these are the, the photographers that showed the director. And from the beginning, Radha wanted the footage to be shot on black and white and 35mm film, which you see quite often in this film. Like this film is in black and white for those that haven't seen it yet. Radha Blank, she uses her own apartment in the film as well. Um, and, and her mother plays an important role in this film. The artwork that we see in this film is actually, you know, her mother's own artwork as well. And her brother actually plays her brother in the film, too. So a very personal um, film for Rada right blank. It had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on the 25th of January 2020, um, shortly after Netflix acquired the distribution rights to the film. It was pretty positive on release. It was named one of the 10 best films of 2020 by the National Board of Review in America. On Rotten Tomatoes it sits at 99% that's on 136 reviews fresh certified fresh as well audience a little bit lower sits at 72% that's on more than 250 ratings it sits at a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb nearly on five and a half thousand ratings Letterboxd it is high as well a 3.8 out of 5 on 15 and a half thousand ratings it's been logged um, by a few more than that Metacritic sits at a 80 out of 100 so that's in that green traffic light system, uh, 28 critic reviews, and the audience also has it at a 6.6 out of 10 on 42 reviews, also in that green system. So very, very positive. Around the world, what is this film called? So in Spanish, it's called Rapper at 40. <laughs> that sort of uh, plays on that, that idea that you know leaving the theater world to become a rapper. We've got in French it's called 40 years old, still in the flow, in German it's called my 40 year old self, Japanese it's called 40 years of interpretation, the case of Lada, and in Chinese it's called 40 rush, Uh, not sure (laughs) about that one, that's a little bit of a funny one, the tagline for this one it's called find your own voice, nice, fits in nicely with this film as well. It was released as I mentioned before at Sundance, it did play the Black Star Film Festival on the 22nd of August 2020 had a th- limited theatrical release from the 2nd of October 2020 before hitting Netflix a week later on the 9th of October 2020. This was filmed in and around New York City. Lots and lots of awards and nominations for this film. This one had 23 wins and 43 noms. It had BAFTA nominations, Critics' Choice Award nominations, The Gothams, etc., etc. So very, very well received all round. What are my early thoughts on this film? This was excellent. Really, really good. This film—it felt real. It had some excellent creative choices, including that use of black and white that I mentioned as well. And it highlights the struggle of life. This is this is a really, really exceptional film. Characters. Let's talk about the characters. So, Rada Rada is our main protagonist. She's nearing the age of forty. Uh, she was big before thirty, but struggling with inspiration, motivation. It's like she's almost stuck in a rut, teaching school kids. She's sort of a reminder of a youth that she no longer has. They even use like Google <laughs> to annoy her about, you know, the students like, oh, we Googled you. You haven't done anything in the last 10 years. So those types of ideas, um, you know, she's trying to block out her mother's recent death. Um, her mother was a, a talented artist as well. We find out she has a tattoo of her work on her leg. So dealing with that, that idea of loss while trying to find herself as well. There's only a couple of other characters. So Archie is Ryder's best friend since high school. He's her agent. He's very supportive, but in saying that as well, they do have a bit of conflict in the film at times. Dee is this young DJ that uh, Rada found on Instagram. He's like mysterious, he's very laid back. And he has this connection with Ryder too because obviously she wants to be a rapper and he's a musician, but they have this common grief, I guess, of both of them losing their mother. So it's nice to see their sort of relationship build and, and blossom at times too. The only other character I'll talk about is Whitman. Um, and obviously, if you break that down, it could be seen as a white man. But this, this Whitman guy is a pompous producer uh, in the theater world. He wants a big hit, but he wants to whiten down Ryder's work really. So that clash of cultures, that idea of race, very clear through this character as well. So Ryder Black as a director, this is a feature debut. Um, she directed a TV movie called Sambo, Speechwriter and, and has produced a TV series remake of She's Got a Habit which is on Netflix as well. Oh, super keen to see some more work, super, super keen. But we're gonna talk about this film, talk about some scenes that stood out, start off with those ones. So for me, the opening of this film was excellent. It was perfect in telling the audience everything they needed to know about Rada. We've got her, you know, we open, we hear her listening to the wall, there's, there's a couple having sex next door, like a life that she doesn't have at that stage. She's surfing the TV and there's like this advert on TV about, you know, um, weight loss, fat crusher sorts of things. And obviously she's conscious about her weight. That under 30 trophy sitting in her room reminds her of her success that she did have at one stage, but also of that 40-year milestone that's coming up too. And we get these voicemails from her brother about, you know, he needs help with cleaning out their mum's apartment who's passed away. And it's that idea of her not dealing with the, with the death probably as well as she could as well. We see uh, Radha gets on a, on a bus and you know she's in a rush and she's kicking up this fuss about a disabled person on the, on the bus and, and the driver yells out to the whole bus, you know, this lady doesn't want me to help disabled people. There was a humorous moment. There are humorous moments throughout this film as well. Um, I like the, the changes to, so obviously this film's black and white, but there are changes to colour at various stages, especially when the, the film's addressing or um, talking about this play that she's writing called Harlem Avenue. So I liked that Radha, she strangles Whitman and archie's response is just like f that was funny uh Ryder meets up with archie and just starts rapping and he's like what the f as well that was funny um Ryder's students like she has a good relationship with these kids as well and you know they hear that she's in a show or a, a rap show and they want to come and watch her and she's like okay um you know to two of the kids you can come but don't tell anyone else and it cuts to like this huge line where <laughs> like her whole class are there they all want to see her the, the security guard or the bouncer won't let them in. So one of the, the girls flashes her breasts <laughs> to the bouncer and says, do you want to get charged for looking at a minor's titties? And he lets them in. I thought that was funny, that was humorous. Uh, Rada talks to Dee, this DJ, about theater. And she's sort of explaining, you know, you don't understand the world. You don't know anything about it. And he says, well, I've seen Hamilton. <laughs> so that was, these, these moments are all humorous moments, but there are some deep moments in this film as well. Uh, the rap battle that Dee takes Rader to, that was really cool. Really nice representation throughout of these female rappers battling against each other. Uh, Ryder and Dee do a freestyle rap together in their bedroom, sitting on the edge of the bed, talking about their mothers. It was really nice, really emotional, really nice. Uh, Archie uh, uh, Archie has a moment where he says that sort of to get Ryder some work that he, um, <laughs> he jiggled Whitman's balls. And then there's this super quick shot of it actually happening. <laughs> I paused and went back. I was like, did I actually see what I just saw? That was funny. Uh, I think that... Uh, the argument that Archie and Rada have about being being sellouts etc that was all also impactful too um what didn't I like in this one I think Rada visits this director at the start I think his name was Forrest and he sits with her and uh you know he does this weird prey sort of thing about um person you know preserving theater and you know not being about commerce or making money and you know, it just felt weird, but at least it sort of finished off with a one-liner from Ryder about, you know, can we try my ancestors, I need money. So that was a good way to finish it, but it still felt a bit weird. I didn't like the big sort of impactful scene of Ryder going on stage saying that she sold out. Wasn't a big fan. Um, I know that's meant to be the big scene of this film, but unfortunately it didn't hit the mark for me. Let's talk about this film and themes and ideas, and, and what's this film trying to say? So that, I, that the perception of value in, in the world, whether it's age, whether it's color, whether it's gender, sex, All these ideas are there and in this film it's about impressing white people and unfortunately that that, that's such a sad thing to see uh that, that that's a real life situation for people the midlife crisis idea that idea that you know the struggles that you have in life and and trying to overcome those um gentrification is played massively this especially through that play harlem avenue but also through creative ideas too that gentrification of ideas and artistic inspiration and creativity how can others tell you how authentic your artwork is or how you are because commercialism obviously hinders creativity and, and that idea of needing to be true to yourself, um, just wanting to be an artist without any interference and dreams, dreaming. And, and just because you make something, it doesn't mean people will like it and that is okay too. I like that message. I think that's a good message too. All right, what did I take away from this film? I, I wanna see more of her work. I think for a feature debut, this, this film is excellent. So hopefully um, got something else in the works. I'd love to see some more work from Ryder. Questions, ponderings, ideas, thoughts. I thought this was interesting, the headscarf that she wears. What does it symbolize because you know it's it, the questions asked throughout the film why do you wear it what are you wearing it for and, and i think there is one line which is it's for comfort but maybe it's more than that maybe it's more oh, i don't know maybe it's more that she's still hiding herself from the world a little bit i'm not sure I, I i like that idea that it's left sort of open there to sort of think about that yourself i'm ready to wrap this up um we give the films a rating at five this this is impactful um and it, the film it does things in a personal way that you know it, it takes you on this journey that's worth taking the highs the lows of, of aging as well and the, and the struggles of marginalized people this, this is a must watch film can't recommend this highly enough this is getting a four and a half out of five for me highly rated we're on socials we've got instagram facebook and x formerly known as twitter question for today is um what happens with Ryder and d at the end of the film they walk off together do they Enter a relationship together. Is it just a working relationship? What is it? Uh, I'm not sure and I like that it's sort of left like that as well I think it's um, maybe it's just a really nice friendship and that that's fine, too we're nearly done tomorrow. We're back tomorrow. we have got a 2020 film. It's a dark fantasy comedy a babysitter's guide to monster hunting This one is directed by Rachel Talalay and stars Tamara Smart, Una Lawrence, Ian Ho, Troy Lee and Johnson Lin Masako Cheng, Ty Concilio and Tom Felton That's all we've got tomorrow, switching it up a little bit in uh, genres and styles. Christmas is so close, so excited. Thanks for hanging out, I'll see you tomorrow.